Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you ready for some football? Are you ready for some Fitz magic? And how much worse can it get for the Gators and Seminoles? All of that and more on this Football Friday. Hey, everyone. This is the Rick and Tom podcast. Tom Jones, Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Our producer is Steve Versnick. And Rick, as I was thinking about the weekend of football, getting ready for it, when it comes to teams around here, it's hard to remember a time when it all looked this thin. And I'm not talking about USF or UCF, but Bucks, Gators, Knowles, this might be the worst season, I don't know, like since like the mid-70s if you, if you factor in all three teams. I hadn't thought about it that way, but I mean, I mean, it it probably is true. You got you have to go back to, I don't know. Florida's had hope since Charlie Pell, so you're like the Doug Dickey days or something, um, right? But it's pretty it's pretty bleak. I mean, I'll say that. Uh, and yet, there's still a big game in the state of Florida, absolutely on Saturday <laughs> that we'll talk about. Maybe the biggest game in the country: Notre Dame at Miami, Catholics versus convicts too. Yeah. Or three or four, whatever it is. <laughs> um, so that one's interesting. But, yeah, you're right. It's uh, If you're a Gator fan, an Ole fan, um, and then UCF and USF, of course, are carrying their water. But, um, but man, the Bucks, not uh, so much. Yeah, they're taking on the Jets on Sunday, the surprising Jets. They're, the Jets are 4-5, and five, Rick. They're not going to win the division or anything. But I thought this team would win, like, one or two games all season. Josh McCown has actually done a pretty good job there. He's completing, like, 70% of his passes. I think he's thrown like 13 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Not great numbers, but not not bad numbers. I, I I give him a lot of the credit for where they are, which is much better than I thought they would be. Look, when you consider that their leading receiver is Austin Safarian Jenkins, who has 33 catches and not a very big average to go with it, um, that's saying something because Josh doesn't have a whole lot around him. Um, but he's played really, really well. And, you know, look, I mean, we're talking to Ryan Fitzpatrick and – you know, Fitz Magic, Fitz Black Magic, as the case may be. He realizes the curse now. He's real. He can't run from it. But it's it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be interesting to watch him operate. You know, in a different way than Jameis does. And what I mean by that is, um, he's seen pretty much everything, as has Josh McCown, and he knows the Jets' defense. And he's been on the grass with them, which is interesting. Unfortunately, they've been on the grass with him as well. And I would think that two years of Todd Bowles seeing a really good year with Fitzpatrick and then a really horrible year with Fitz, with Fitz is that he knows sort of, you know, where the big holes are. And I think it'd be much easier for a defense to get the advantage over a, you know, a, a 34-year-old quarterback than the other way around. And, you know, we still don't know if one or both offensive tackles are going to be back. Um, you know, the Jets' defensive line is very, very good. So... I'm looking for silver linings if you're a Bucks fan, and there really isn't a lot of them other than, uh, you know, Fitzpatrick knows the Jets a little bit. They're not a great football team, but they are 4-5, and five, and if they get to 500 in the AFC, they have a chance to be a wildcard team. They do have a chance to be a wildcard team. They are 4-5. and five. They're much better than I thought they would be, Rick, but they're still not a great football team. That's It's a team that if you look at the Bucks schedule, I would still circle it, well, not necessarily with pen, but with pencil as a, a game they could possibly win. It might be too, Rick, and, and I've, I've 
gone with the wounded animal excuse, and that didn't work out so well the last couple of weeks. Here I go again. I'm picking the Bucks to win this game. I almost wonder if there's just so much pressure off at this point. I, I know everybody feels tight uh, about, as far as coaches, maybe about <laughs> whether they're going to keep their jobs or not here eventually. But it's almost like, boy, it can't get much worse. Let's just go out there and play. And I wonder if they'll, with a backup quarterback and Ryan Fitzpatrick, who certainly knows what it looks like, Rick. It's not like you're putting in um, a, a guy like uh, Mitch Trubisky, who doesn't, who's never played at this level before, or any of the thousand quarterbacks that the Denver Broncos have thrown out there the last couple of years. This guy has played a lot of football games. He's not going to get rattled. I think maybe with maybe Fitzpatrick gives him a chance to win this game. I'm not worried about him, and um, you know, because I think it's just that everything has to be more perfect around him, and it can always get worse. It could be raining, um, <laughs> and and it might rain on Sunday. But listen. You know, interesting things happen when you remove the carrot. And what I mean by that is at two and six, you know, you have to win for more than a month almost just to get back to 500 and have any chance um, of, of seeing the postseason. The Jets, on the other hand, as we mentioned, um, they're not out of it by a long shot. So, you know, sometimes when you have more to play for, you're, you're, you're more focused, you're just on it. And I'm not saying, you know, if the Bucks go out there and Josh McCown throws an early pick and then they get a fumble and and the Bucks get a, you know a couple touchdowns and they get rolling, that's fine. What happens if the other is true? What happens if the Jets get up on them? Um, my experience is that, that a team that's lost in this case five in a row, you know, um, that can become ten in a row pretty quick only because they start you know it snowballs on you and they they sure. start making uh, business decisions and what i mean by that is it's not you know it's not sort of like the whole team gets together and says we're not gonna play hard but you know maybe one guy doesn't rally to the ball this time another guy you know misses his gap or blows an assignment the other time it just all kind of snowballs things things are gonna go bad so i don't i don't know which way it's gonna go i i think that as they sit right now the jets are just playing better should have a better feel about the way they're playing and and maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick can can help the Bucks out of their funk, but I I don't see, I don't see why you'd go into it expecting that. And Tom, the the, the Jets are probably going to have more fans there than Tampa Bay. They might, and that could be a factor as well. You said something on, I think it was our previous podcast, Rick, that, that we taped the other day, and you felt it was like a lifeless locker room. I mean, you still mm-hmm. getting that sense? Like you were out there again on Thursday. Do you still get that same sense that Not it's just bad? Yeah. No, not as bad today. I mean, maybe, you know, Wednesday was the heavy one of the first heavy work days. It's kind of like a Monday for those guys in a sense and um there was a little more um there's a little more heartbeat to it. And you can't really Look, I I've asked coaches this for years based on practices and how you practice and I've had coaches that have said, you know, well, we didn't practice well. It's, it's not a surprise. And I've had other coaches that have said and we had really crappy practices, and we came out here and played great, you know, and, and the opposite is true. So you can't – it's, it's you know, it's really hard to play psychologist a lot. But I will say this. It was a much more um, lively, confident, chatty, playful locker room, you know, four or five weeks ago than it is now. There's no question about that. They will go out there on Sunday. They'll take on a New York Jets team. And again, we said they're you know they're four and five and they're they're playing uh, they're playing pretty decent football. But still, Rick, it's not a great football team. And I I do think that there's a chance here that the Bucks you know if they get off to a good start, I agree with you. If they get off to a good start on Sunday, you can start to see maybe some light at the end of this. And you know 
uh, look two and six looks awful. How right so? <laughs> well, <laughs> let me just. I mean, I, 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 I'm just. Confused. I know what you're like, saying. What? What? Listen, <laughs> they have lost their starting quarterback, and maybe he was unhealthy, but nonetheless, they're playing with Ryan Fitzpatrick. This is the guy the Jets said mm, we've seen enough. We'd like to move on. And they moved on to Josh McCown, for goodness sakes, okay, <laughs> who's older than Ryan Fitzpatrick, really has almost the same resume. Yeah, so, you're right. You're right. I, you're I right just, about all this. You're right about all this. What, I just don't I, – I, look, when it, <laughs> I don't know if they're going to get killed, but I, I think it's going to take quite an effort, you know, to to turn the Queen Mary here in, in the swimming pool. I, I just <laughs> I just don't know. I just don't know how it's going to turn. Now, it can turn – with a couple of bad plays, and are the Jets capable of that? Absolutely. We've seen Josh McCown one and exactly. eight, one and eight. You know, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we've yeah. seen the crying game, um, but he'd have to have another one, and maybe he gets the heebie-jeebies when he walks into Raymond James. I don't know, but that's what it's going to take. Like you're going to need, if you're the Bucks, you're going to need someone to throw it away to you, to throw something to you. In other words, yeah. I don't think they're capable of going out there and just taking a game. I think they're going to need help, and the Jets might be the team to give them that help. But the Jets, the way they've and they've had some days off, but the way they played their last game against the Bills, I sat even you know before Jameis lost this past game and they said he was out for two weeks. I I sat there and watched that Jets defense and went, ooh, it's going to be hard to get a yard on these guys. Mm. You mentioned a Queen Mary. Did you see that quote the other day from Cam Newton when you were asking him about trading Benjamin? And he says, well, you know, you lose your, one of your pieces, but you've got to keep moving on. The Titanic's got to keep on sailing here. And someone <laughs> oh, said, uh, nobody tell Cam how Titanic, <laughs> how that ended up. Just, you know, but yeah, yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> now, you're right, Rick. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take – it's going to take – and then maybe that's why I'm picking the Bucs. It's not so much that I'm, I'm that confident in the Bucs. I'm just not that confident in the Jets. The Jets are fully capable of – of throwing a game away. If you're looking for a team that's going to throw you the ball and and give it away, it is Josh McCown and uh, and the Jets. I'm picking the Bucks to win this game. I don't know why. I think I picked 23-20 in the paper. Uh, my, my, I think I might be the only guy at the times picking the Bucks to no, win I this think, I think one other person did, but I'm not sure who. It wasn't you. Sure as heck wasn't me. And I and look, <laughs> I, if I had a good feeling about them, just because I cover the team, first of all, I hate to pick. I hate to pick games, but you know, I'm, I'm told to do it. What do we care? Yeah, what do we care? What do you care? I, I, I it's just, great. It just doesn't do me any doesn't do me any favors. I'm not that good <laughs> at it to begin with. But I know it's I, hard. I, you know what? It's hard. It's it's hard, especially against, like picking against the spread. Like, yeah, I can't do that, and I don't spend a whole lot of time on those other games. I mean, I, the one team I do know is the is this one. I think. And most of the time, I'm wrong about them. So what I so my strategy is so that no one gets offended at one buck place. In case the both of you are listening, um, I, I think my strategy is that until they win and prove to me they're capable of winning a game, another mm-hmm. game, yeah, I have no reason to think they will. And you know, there now in two weeks, if Jameis comes back and his hair's on fire, and you know he's just feels great and is gripping and ripping it we'll talk i don't even know who they play in two weeks but we'll talk i think it's i think it's they go to green bay so maybe maybe that one but right now um i just don't think there's a good vibe over there at all not a good vibe in gainesville either gators will head up to south carolina they're going to take on their old coach will muschamp gamecocks not doing too bad they're six and three they're coming off a loss to georgia no shame in that muschamp dude, what do you how do you think will muschamp views this game rick do you think they're deep down there's a part of him going like, see, it wasn't any better under the new guy than it was under me. Sure, he loves it. 
He loves it. He's not the only Florida coach to go to South Carolina and come back and beat the Gators. Y'all ball coach. That's um, right. We just so, coach him up. Try to do what we can. But in a contest of, of bad offenses, Muschamp usually holds his own. So um, <laughs> who's starting for the Gators, do you think? Is it Felipe Franks this week, or is it back to Malik Zaire again? It doesn't. Does it matter? Does it matter? It does to me because I saw Zaire. I think, Zaire, I think he's much worse than Franks. I don't – I just I don't know why, but I just I don't see the other guy in practice. I don't see either of them in practice. Look, they, they lost to Missouri bad. Okay, this game's at South Carolina. Yes. Again, another situation where you know, like in Missouri, show me the show me state. I don't I don't have any reason to think that Florida can go on the road or win at home. I don't know that they win another game, Tom. Is their brand being hurt at all right now, Rick? There are people looking at this program, kids, recruits, or, or does that all change whenever they hire the next coach? No. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, I'll tell you why it is being hurt. They had a uh, four-star recruit just pull out and say, hey, my options are open. I'm decommitting to Florida. Mm-hmm. So absolutely it's being hurt. I thought, well, Florida's Florida. And really, the you know the next head coach is going to determine recruiting, and I still think that's possible if he's the right guy, like a Scott Frost or somebody who has sort of a wide open offensive uh, uh, resume to him. But right now, um, yeah, yeah, they're getting hurt because if, if you were recruited, um, you know, by McElwain and he's not there, and you see this team losing week after week, you know, all of a sudden a lot of other schools look prettier. Exactly. Knowles are still trying to become bowl eligible, Rick. Um, uh, they're on their way, but that's going to be a long day against Clemson. They're going to Clemson. Mm. Clemson, they got it rolling again. They had that loss to Syracuse since then. They beat Georgia Tech. Pretty decent NC State team. They will demolish Florida State, Rick. This game will not be close. In fact, it'll be embarrassing for Florida State. I hate, I hate to agree with you, but I absolutely – If you, I mean, the one game they didn't show up for was probably Boston College, but let me assure you, if Boston College can do that to them on the road – Clemson could do that and more. And Clemson isn't that far removed from F Florida State doing it to them all the time. And so I think anytime the Garnet and Gold show up there when you have a good football team, and let's face it, Clemson, if they win out somehow, I think they're in the Final Four. They I are. Think yes, The I hiccup agree. was Syracuse, which proved not to be that bad of a team, and they lost their quarterback. And I think the committee has to consider that. If you win the ACC, which has been a pretty good league, that means you're going to beat Miami or somebody like them. Right. Uh, in the championship, I think they'll have enough to uh, to get there. So they're not going to slip up the Florida State. Let me ask you about Florida State, Rick, because I mentioned a bowl eligibility thing, the question they got going on right now. They would, even if they lose this game against Clemson, if they would win their last three, so like I said, assuming they lose to, on Saturday to Clemson, they would have to be Delaware State and then Florida. Then they rescheduled the Louisiana Lafayette game. That's the game was Darn right. because of Hurricane Irma. Are you okay with FSU rescheduling that game because clearly the only reason they're doing it is to beef up their record at the end of the year. You okay Let me with ask that? you this. If you were in charge of Florida State and the football program being as important part of the, you know, the college life that it is, Tom. Yeah, of course. Um, and because it just of that, means more, man. <laughs> yeah, because of that, 
you want to see that program succeed, even though in as much as it, you know, by almost any definition, it's not going to be a success. So yeah. beating a Division One AA and then, and then whomever to get to six wins to become bowl eligible doesn't sound great. But at the end of the day, you need the 30 days of practice there that you you're go. not going the to get. That's right. And, and I'm telling you, if you don't think that's a big deal, that is a huge deal. To not be able to get out there with your team at all while every other program that's worth its salt, uh, including just about every program from, I don't know, the last time Florida State failed to make a bowl. But, I mean, been, to, to, yeah, we're going back to the you know, decades, right? 70s, yeah, late, late yeah, 70s, so, early 80s. Yeah. So you're right. So, I mean, like in terms of just advancing your younger players, getting work with guys, it's not about who you play in the bowl game. It's not about what bowl you go to. It's about the 30 days, man. It's all about that practice time and how that sets you up for next year. Without it, you're you're considerably behind everybody you're going to play. That's the main reason you reschedule that game. It's not about just the pride of saying we got our bowl streak continuing no. or finishing with a winning record or anything like that. It is all about, you're absolutely right, Rick, it's about getting those extra days of practice, and it's about playing another game. It's another game where you, sure. you know, where the, the lights are a little bit brighter and they make a big deal about it, even if it's a – you know, I, I thought it would be funny. Rodney Page, who who we work with, brought this up that if they were to win that game, that last game of the year, and get into a bowl game, fans should like whip like weed eaters onto the field. You know, like like they used to throw oranges onto the field back in the old days. I don't think they have the pull in weed eater bowl anymore, but that would be pretty funny if they did. Uh, big game this weekend: Notre Dame at Miami. The more I really think about this, Rick, the more unsure I am about Miami. I know they're undefeated. I'm still not sold. They beat Virginia Tech. I'm starting to think Virginia Tech wasn't that great because I went back and started really studying them. When And when I look at Miami, they beat a bad FSU team, barely. They struggled against a bad North Carolina team. They struggled against a mediocre Georgia Tech team. They struggled against Syracuse. Yet they've won all those games, given that. But they're not killing people. They're barely getting by these games. I'm not sold yet, Rick, and I think I, I just don't think they're going to hang with Notre Dame. You know, for the first time in a while, I thought I thought last week against Virginia Tech that Miami looked like Miami, sort of felt like Miami. That game was I, not close. You're right. I mean, no, it was, and, they, and they, there I, was no chance Virginia Tech was winning that game. Right, and how I knew that was that uh, A. Rod and J. Lo were there. Um, <laughs> so it, it no, but it it takes like that said. You know, hey, this is they have nothing else to do. It says that this is kind of a big game, and so. They played. They played like it was a big game, and maybe Virginia Tech's not very good, but I thought they were. I thought they were pretty good, and so now, having said that, you know the game is Miami. That's good on them, but Notre Dame. I mean, what was it a year ago? Everybody's trying to run Brian Kelly, including me, completely yeah, out yeah. of football. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, Notre Dame has real talent, especially where you need it, which is up front. I think they have three really top offensive linemen. Um, that can really play, and they've beaten some pretty good football teams. I don't know that Miami can match them with their seven, with their, what are they, eight? No, now they're eight wins. Yep. Um, anything close to the competition, in my opinion anyway, that, uh, you know, that includes Florida State because they're terrible this year, that, that Notre Dame has played. So uh, level of competition, confidence, um, eyeball test. I think Mark Richt is a year ahead of where he should be. Yeah, I, I I don't think anybody saw this coming, and so for that reason, I agree with you, Tom. I think Notre Dame wins this game. I think it's going to be a closer game, a very close game, but somehow I think Notre Dame just wears them down in the end. 
Is it better for college football if Notre Dame wins this game? Because Notre Dame obviously drives eyeballs to, to their games. Although, you know, we saw this story a couple times before now where Notre Dame gets to a big game against, say, in Alabama and they get destroyed. Um, I think they're better than they have been in years past. And I do think they make college football more exciting when they're in it. But it would be great to see Miami back, like really back, you know? Well, if they win this game, you can say they're back. Miami, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think I think you can say, you know, that that they'll they'll suddenly be fighting to win the, you know, to to beat Clemson and and get into the final. I mean, there's there's a path for them uh, to go all the way, possibly. Um, Notre Dame screws everything up for everybody. You That's know? what I was gonna say. You know who's rooting for no- Miami in this game? Everybody, everybody in the country. Everybody, everybody in the country. Especially my wife's Wisconsin Badgers, who you oh, know, yeah. if they win out, they may not play a team that's good enough in the Big Ten to even get them in undefeated at thirteen and zero, which right. is crazy. Um, but um, is is in general, yeah. It's to me, it's a little like you know, are the Yankees good in baseball? Is Duke good in basketball? Is, you know. And so are the Raiders. You know, it's interesting when the Raiders are good in football, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of a brand. It's kind of a deal. And, and whether you like them or you don't like them, it's interesting because, you know, you'll root against them hard if they're having a good season. So, yeah, I mean, this this feels like a big college football game. And it's been a long, long time since Miami's had that. So maybe with a little bit of uh, juice down there and, and you know, it's, I don't know if college game days down there or not. They are, they are down there. They are down there. Well, yes, that's, yes. That, look, that's, that's big time stuff now. And you can, you know, with 18 to 22 year old kids, you can ride a lot of emotion up until, well, kickoff. <laughs> right. No, but, but well, it is. No, but there's, something about, it does help. there's something, there's something about, there's something about the games. buzz. Yeah. yeah the, the night buzz. game and it, everybody's talking about you and you're trying to prove yeah. yourself. And it I hope it's a good like, game. I hope, I hope so game. too. And I, and while I may not be totally convinced that Miami is is all the way back, they're closer to being back than they were. I remember a couple of years ago where they would be undefeated going into Florida State, even though they would be like five and zero, oh, and you still weren't convinced they were the top ten team that they were ranked at the time. But it's yeah. they are getting a little bit closer to that. So it, I would be nice to see that a, a close game indeed. But everybody, I really believe everybody in the country is rooting that. Notre Dame somehow loses because they throw a wrench into everybody's plans. Because if you're, if you end up with perhaps, and it could happen, two SEC teams and Notre Dame in your college football playoff, that means either the Big Ten, the ACC, or the Big Twelve, or the three of those are going to get left out. And tell me how you end up with two SEC teams. I'm curious about that. I'll tell you. Well, how you end up with two SEC teams? Say Notre Dame wins out from from here on out. So Notre Dame gets in. And then Alabama plays Georgia for the national, for the SEC title, and that's a really close game. Alabama wins on a last-second field goal, mm. say. Then Alabama gets in. Georgia gets in because you have to put – because they almost beat Alabama, and they beat Notre Dame. And and then you would probably have, I guess, mm. whoever – Clemson, whoever wins the A's. So that's how you get – because, look here, a one-loss Georgia team is going to get in, maybe not over an undefeated Wisconsin – but they'll get an. Uh, if Wisconsin doesn't win the Big Ten, there's no other Big Ten team getting in. Ohio State's not getting in. Penn State's right. not getting in. Michigan's not getting in. Big Twelve, maybe Oklahoma. You could make an uh, an argument for, but yeah, mm. I don't think it's as. Cu- I mean, a close game. Uh, it depend. I guess it depends on how they would play and lose to Alabama. But um, or what if Georgia beat Alabama in a really close game? I can't well, imagine Alabama getting shot out of the. There would, that would be more. That would probably be more of a problem for them because you could obviously say that Georgia and Notre Dame, um, if they went out, were probably worthy. I mean, Notre Dame lost by one to Georgia, right. uh, albeit they lost at their own home place. But uh, right, 
Yeah, this is going to be, you know, I think everything will work itself it out. It always we're does. Still, we're it still weeks does. away, you know, and th- there's a lot of, but it's interesting. I, I like, I mean, look, college football to me, and I know I cover the NFL, so maybe this is blasphemous. I can't remember a year that has been more lopsided. I've enjoyed college football this year probably more than the last 10 years. Um, the games are are high scoring predominantly. They're they're uh, seesaw. They're um, unpredictable. I think there's been more unpredictable. Other than Alabama, who who ruins it for everybody because they win every <laughs> game, and they do. But they what? ruin. It. I mean, imagine if Al- if you could remove Alabama, just remove them, just the, the whole state. No, the the college yeah. or the football program. Just take that out of the equation. What do we have? No, yeah, it would be on Bedlam. Two two one team, two lost teams, maybe going in the championship. Absolutely. And what's made this season so exciting is that everybody's playing everybody. You got Georgia and Notre Dame played one another. Oklahoma and Ohio State played one another. Georgia and Alabama are eventually going to play one another. Right. Uh, Oklahoma has a good schedule this year, so it's a when all those teams at the top play each other, then it, then you have arguments like, well, how could this team get in ahead of that team? And That's but right. you're right, it always works itself out. We're, two weeks ago, I was convinced Penn State was going to the Final Four, and now they're they're not even going to go to a. They might end up in the in Citrus a Bowl. so-so bowl game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, or maybe come here. So it'll be a fun be weekend cool. anyway. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you have subscribed to the podcast. You can find us on iTunes at Google Play, all the places you get your podcast. You can also find us on Twitter. The podcast page has a, or the podcast has a uh, Twitter handle. It's at Rick Tom Podcast. You can reach Rick at NFL Stride. You can reach me at Tom W. Jones. Our producer again, Steve Verstick. Thanks to Steve. We will record our next podcast Sunday night from Raymond James Stadium right after the Bucks Jets game. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. Enjoy the football. Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course, and I want to talk about Club Med. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco, or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.